Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Dutch's potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Welcome to the Game Dumpcast, the official podcast of the Game Dump Facebook group. My name's Rob Howard, and this week I'm joined by Ian Bruce and Patrick Kay. Cool. You can contact us on email at gamedumpcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at gamedumpcast. We're going to be talking about some news this week. Uh, kicking it off, uh, PlayStation 4 sells 250,000 units in its first weekend on sale, um, giving it a significant uh, margin over the Xbox, Xbox One. That's all right, isn't it? Good for Sony. Yeah. Well, I think the public have spoken, really. It'll be interesting to see how much they both ship over the Christmas period or the holiday period. Um, And if if one or the other does substantially better over Christmas. Because maybe the PS4 is just for early adopters. And I almost said the 360. Wow, finger on the pulse. (laughs) (laughs) And the Xbox One will be uh, a more gifty type thing. So... It'll be interesting to see the figures in January. I think they're both expected to sell around two million a piece over the Christmas period. Really? Uh, worldwide. Yeah, that's what they're projecting. Uh, they're both aiming for like five million by sort of middle of next year. Wow. Which seems which seems achievable based on you know what they've done so far. That still doesn't explain why their digital games are so goddamn expensive. <laughs> Well, they're only making like 18 bucks on a PS4 or something. It's minimal, and they have got to make their money from somewhere. Well, He's... I think the the reason the reasoning behind their digital prices is just to keep the retailers happy. Because, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they need they need to have maintain those relationships so that they've got a presence on the high street yeah. as much as yeah. Um I'm sure it's it's important at, at this time um when you've got Christmas and you know relatives buying these machines and stuff but as gifts but hopefully as we move into next year and they their digital offering starts to grow i mean they're they're going to be putting out a lot of indie games for these machines and they're not going to be in that sort of price range so Mm. hopefully that will take the edge off and playstation plus will have discounts over time i'm sure we'll see bf4 on there free within a few years a couple of years maybe yeah, it'll be interesting to see how generous they are with the PS4 proposition, because at the moment, I think you can just get two indie games, uh, Resogun, although that's like the highest rated game on the system right now, Yeah. Um, and this uh, Contrast, which I think is on Steam as well. Yeah, so, yeah, but then I guess in the meantime, all us PC gamers can just be smug about how many games we can get for the price of one PS3 game, or one PS4 game, I mean. <laughs> Yes, unless we're buying all of Duty Goats, or because they're about the same, it's still forty quid or even fifty quid for some games on the PC, and they're normally the AAA ones. But you just you You just just wait, wait, don't you? Exactly, yeah, you just wait. 
That's all I do. I, re- I honestly, I refuse to pay full price now because it, it just annoys me so much when I see it in the Steam sale for like twelve pound. I think if you if you've got time to play it when it comes out and you're very excited about it, that's probably a good time to get it. If you're going to buy it and you're, yeah. st- you're still playing five other games, what the f- why the fuck would you buy it then? Might as well wait. I'm going to come back to this opinion when Watch yes. Dogs launches. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was so gutted that didn't make it before Christmas. And um, yeah, I probably would have laid out full whack for that. I think many people would. It, ta- it takes a certain kind of game. So interestingly, even though the PlayStation 4 lineup wasn't exactly amazing, um, Knack still managed to outsell Super Mario 3D World in the UK. I'm not sure I'm surprised, to be honest. <laughs> the reason it tanked is because it's... The reason it tanked is because it's on Wii U, and uh, nobody yes. owns one of those. <coughs> That's my so, yeah, exactly. So does that mean there's more on. PS4s in the UK? It does mean there's more PS4s in the UK than Wii U's, maybe? Or The problem with all these analytics and metrics is, are those sales figures for the week the PS4 came out? Because I would imagine most PS4 games would outsell most Wii U games the week the PS4 came out. But this is supposed to be a system seller for Nintendo, this game. It's like a killer app. Mario is their killer app. And the point is that, you know, I think they've sold as many PS4s this past week or so than they have Wii U in its entire lifetime over a year. I think it, that's the kind of mm, metric that they're talking about. Yeah, it, it's definitely a different demographic. I think that Wii U will come out of Christmas probably when somebody's receiving Super Mario 3D as a gift from Granny. Sounded a bit euphemistic, but uh, <laughs> I think the Wii U is a toy. No offence to it. It's a great system. I enjoy playing it when I go and see my brother. The PS4 is still a bit of a toy, but it's it's for more serious gamers who play more regularly, I think. I think the Wii comes out like a the box set of, of Monopoly comes out. So, again, it would be interesting to see the sales figures after Christmas. I just think it's ridiculous that they that Nintendo insist on maintaining that exclusivity for their franchises because they could have sold so many more copies of this game if it had been available on more systems that that people actually own. Yeah, but then they, if it is supposed to be a system seller... Yeah, I think that's what they were kind of banking on, perhaps. And, may, uh, and maybe it will be over they... Christmas. I mean, it's a bit optimistic. When did Super Mario come out? Last Friday was uh so it's a week apart one week yeah. first week is ps4 second week is mario no they came out on the same day uh, playstation 4 made its uk debut this past friday <clears throat> okay moving on to the other console then um yeah it looks like all the xbox one owners in the world are uniting to spur microsoft on to improve their system which is interesting um is the it- top 10 features Oh, well, I don't know if I'll go through all of them, but stuff like the Xbox Guide, they want that to return. That's not on the new system, which I don't understand why they... It'll be DLC. ...included that. <laughs> well, they, uh, yeah, I think the, I think it's an evolving platform, isn't it? It's going to be unrecognisable in a year's time. Yeah. But um, like, I think the problem everyone has with it is that whereas the uh, Xbox 360 interface was kind of like an OS where it did all these different things, what they've done with the new one is they've made everything an app so if you want to see what your friends are doing you have to go into that app Um, it's not at all unified 
So I think they just need to t kind of get those apps and maybe like build some feeds and stuff and without getting too techie um, and have some kind of central app experience that unites all these different systems they've got going on. Because the thing does so much stuff. Aren't they trying to unify it in a everything looks like Metro kind of way? Like Windows 8, the screen well, yeah. that nobody ever uses but that you, you're forced to start with until you figure out how to turn it off. Isn't that what they're trying to do? Make everything look the same across the board? And that's fair enough. Yeah, across but, all. But it doesn't. Nobody really wants to use that yet. Eventually, people might, or if you've got a phone, you might. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. It uh, looks like the Xbox One's got quite a way to go as far as UI goes. Um, I mean, it does some neat stuff. Like, I, I love the thing where um, if you've got Connect, I say if you've got Connect. Of course, you've got <laughs> Connect if you've got an Xbox One. You haven't got any choice in the matter. Um, yeah, but it can tell if you're using the controller or not, and and it reduces the battery, so you it you know it saves on battery life if it knows yeah, that nice. you're not actually using it. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's things cool. like that. That's a really good. It's a good use of the Connect stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, of course, there's been the, uh, the the issues with the hardware. Apparently, there's been a problem with the with the disk drive on the Xbox One, which has led to a lot of well, I I think they're saying it's like one percent of of customers uh, have been unhappy with that um, but Microsoft are, are responding to that by um, while patient customers uh, wait for their machine to be replaced they're uh, offering them a choice of uh, their first party games which I believe is a choice between Rise, Son of Rome, Forza, Zoo Tycoon and I'm doing this off the top of my head impressively eh? and Dead Rising 3 yeah so that's uh that's what they're doing. I mean, what do you think? They've they've been quite good in the past. It, I mean, not at building hardware, but at, at least apologising well, for it. Well, I mean, if if it's one percent, that number's still quite big, but it is only one percent. Well, that's it's quite a big number considering how many they've sold. But I, I'm a little worried that there's a lot of Xbox bashing in this news list, and a lot of Sony glorifying. It's, I'll call them all out. These are things that I guess I've been putting up, but right. over the w last couple of weeks, but. The other problem with Xbox One is this, um, you know, the way that the HDMI pass-through works. You can plug a cable box in, yep. your Skybox uh, goes into the Xbox, and then you, when you turn on your TV, you have that as the experience. Yeah. Well, apparently there's a fundamental flaw in the UK in that um, our TVs run at 50 hertz. Yes. And the and Xbox is 60, isn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what it's kind of optimised for. Um, so apparently there's a workaround where you have to sort of trick the machine into fooling it, into thinking it's 60 hertz or something, but it's not ideal, apparently. Wow, it's like you've got and a PC. Like... Wow, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, Microsoft hasn't commented on the issue yet. I'm sure they're probably a bit... Oh, God. <laughs> it definitely uh, reduces the, uh, the selling point to me as a UK consumer. I think it's like everything so else. That's one of the things I thought was good about it. Yeah. But I think it's like everything else. If you get it on day one, you should expect stuff to be not quite ready, especially these days when there's deadlines and marketing departments and all that shit. Shouting at you to get stuff out yeah. on time, it becomes deadlines and not viable products a lot of the time. BF4 has been suffering the last few weeks as well. The EA have said they're not going to release any more expansions until they fixed all of the problems. I don't think they mean all of the problems, but... It's good that it's been acknowledged, but a better way of and doing no, it. no new games either. Yeah. They, yeah. They've said they're not working on any future 
expansions or any new co- content yep. effectively until they fix what they've yeah what they've got out now, which is a good good way to be. And that's good, but I think anybody who bought that game or who bought an Xbox One or a PS4 probably needed to expect a few glitches in the first period of time and maybe in six months or a year it'll be stable and everybody will be going wow the xbox one is the best thing ever we'll see on a more positive note um this game for the oculus rift diplopia is helping to treat eye conditions oh please say it's pronounced diplopia some um (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's been i i I never said it out loud (laughs) (laughs) it's been discovered like fairly recently that certain types of um 3d content can help certain eye conditions so this um indie uh, developer is developing a game um with a very small indiegogo budget um and the idea is is to treat things like um crossed eye or or, or lazy eye um so the idea is you play this kind of breakout stigmatism uh i yeah i believe so yeah um you play a sort of breakout style sort of arcanide type clone um, and there's varying um, contrast ratios for each eye. I think the idea is that you it, it basically trains you to use your your less strong eye. So it's pretty interesting using a using uh-huh. a game to 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 uh, correct um, to correct someone's eyesight. Um, I know I, I have read a, a few bits about people having similar experiences with. Um, uh using the nintendo 3ds that some people said that it was the first time they'd actually experienced 3d um lots of people don't have depth perception um it's quite quite a large percentage of people i think it's like four percent or something like that um uh so Mm. it's 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 a it's a massive thing so yeah it's it's really cool that there's potentially these kind of um uh games that can actually fix fix those 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 eye problems It's, it's really cool that interests me actually because I'm I have astigmatism. Oh and, really? Uh, I I wonder about I wonder how playing an Oculus Rift game because I, I can still see 3D and stuff, but mm. I wonder how uh, playing an an Oculus Rift game with glasses on is that like doable? Um, at the moment, you've got three different lenses. So you've got um, you've got your standard lens, which basically is perfect if you're if you don't have any any sort of sight problems. Then you've got one for if you're short sighted and one if you're long sighted. Um, so obviously they're right. not. Uh, to a, so, a, to so is a, it, it like... doesn't really accommodate wearing glasses with it on? Uh, well, you can if you um, if you use the ones which are right for perfect vision. Um, and you can you can just put your glasses on. You have to extend the um, the lens so that you can fit your glasses in it as well. It's completely doable. Um, it, you do sacrifice FOV by doing that because you you're pulling the lenses further away from your your eyes. Um, so you can do it. I I have poor yeah. eyesight. I I'm quite short sighted, but I don't I don't play it wearing glasses. Um, I I don't feel the need to. Um, some people probably have worse eyesight than me and they probably they will need to wear glasses but it's one of the things that sort of um oculus have looked into they've said you know we we know that a lot of people are going to want to wear glasses there's other sort of workarounds that maybe you could um adjust um maybe even in software for different eyes um just as at the moment you adjust in software for ipd which is the distance between each eye um so yeah there's there's 
there's a f- there's a few different ways of sorting out the problem, but no no one knows what the c- consumer rifts uh, solution would be for for glasses yet. Only that they they are well aware that it's um, something they they have to address. Um, something- as I say. Sorry, is, yeah. it, is it something they're going to address or something that they... Yes, no, no, it's something that is said that it's, it's, it's very important. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I it, it's doable now, but you do sacrifice a bit of FOV because you're pulling those those lenses further away. Um, but I, I choose not to wear glasses when, I, when I'm using the Rift. And, um, you know, I, it's fine for me, but I guess people with worse eyesight will, will want to, to wear the glasses as well. In other crazy gadget news uh this dice plus system uh is going to be integrated with a game called death dire uh ruins of nethermore so yeah what's this dice plus all about so yeah so it's a it's a it's a bluetooth enabled physical die um which you can roll and then it will will translate your score into uh um an ios or or an android device um the idea being that you actually have a physical dice when you're playing tabletop games which is very very cool i don't play any of those sort of games but i think that is a really cool idea so this death dire game that's like a a proper kind of interpretation of like a D kind of table i guess game, that's then. the point yeah um a party Wait, on, based on a... Uh, uh, role-playing game um oh, okay and it's yeah it's a kickstarter project the game is the dice thing a kickstarter thing as well or is that just a... that's already out i believe um yeah oh. that's already available it's, it's about about forty dollars, something like that. Okay, and our last crazy gadget story is uh, Stanley's Verticus for the Leap Motion. Uh, is the Leap Motion the one that you were talking about last time? Yeah, the the, the one that I was playing. Um, um, Blue Blue Estate. Blue Estate. That's the one. The one I was playing Blue Estate on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is this is um, Stanley's Verticus. Uh, have you seen the video? this yeah i've seen him with his voiceover yeah. going on about how he needed this uh controller to make a true superhero experience <laughs> yeah. on a computer wow but it, it, it looks the, like an n64 game he's at the um, forefront yeah. of gaming here's <laughs> indeed yeah i i'm not i'm not too sure about this one it just looks like a dude falling through some very low texture triangles <laughs> collecting coins yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about this one it, it no. looks it okay. looks like a Wii game before people started laughing at Wii games and they bucked their ideas up. It looks mm. not very good. He is a legend, <laughs> and respect to the fellow. I think yeah. his agents sent him down a shitty path here. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, that sounds wrong as well. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Stan. Okay, something we can be less cynical about, though, is that uh, the, ver- the first of these steam machines has been priced at four... $199, which kind of puts it in line with the Xbox One. Um, but the company making it is called iBuyPower, and I've never heard of them. It's I think we can still be a little movie. cynical about that. It's $499 in the States. Probably be £499 in the UK. <laughs> well, it says it equates to 308 so actually I think that's more in line with the uh, PlayStation 4 uh, than the Xbox One. I think that's $600 in the States. Oh, right, okay. I don't know. Yeah, so that's even more expensive. But yeah, uh, the, it's got a Radeon R9 270 graphics card, which isn't too shabby. It's not amazing, but it's definitely could run probably any game that's out today pretty well at good good detail. Uh, it's got a 500 gig hard drive uh, and one of Valve's touchpad-based Steam controllers. 
Uh, it's got Wi-Fi built in, but yeah, the colour scheme's a bit on the mm. side. But the robot sandwich. But the the, the light yeah. bar will be customizable, which is a nice gimmick. Maybe that's all right. You can have a nice glowing red block under your TV. I think I'd have to put this thing behind me so I couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, otherwise you're just going to have this like big light, you know, in your view. You know, it's bad enough they were saying on the uh, PlayStation 4 controllers that light thing on the on the back of them. Yeah. Apparently, th- people were complaining that that was glowing on the on the TV. That's a good um, point. I hadn't thought of that. That's yeah. If that thing is always glowing, then if you're in a dark room, I guess that's going to show up on your TV quite a lot. Um, yeah, I, it annoys me enough when I've got like uh, the light for my um, my my mouse and keyboard um, or my stereo or my computer, like any LEDs and stuff. I have to find <laughs> something to obscure them with because it just annoys. But you me. are a vampire, so that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, anything light. <laughs> I'm afraid of the light. Uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas coming to iOS and Android. Um, That's pretty impressive, isn't it? It is, isn't it? And it's going to look better than the original as well, which is very impressive. Um, yeah, it's com- it's coming later this month, and I just find it crazy. Oh, it's going to have full controller support. Um, iOS 7 has the... It's now got native controller support, and so it's going to make use of that. Um, so, yeah, it's going to... Uh, other uh, enhancements, it's going to have... Uh, more detailed shadowing, larger draw distances, and an enriched color palette. And uh, the car models are getting upgraded. So yeah, this is going to be the best looking version of San Andreas. And it's going to be on a phone. Craziness. <laughs> I remember having like, I remember this maxing out like my old PC, you know, back in the day. Probably not that long ago, actually. We're only talking about... Oh, I don't know, when did it first come out? 2004. I so. think I remember watching you play it at the time on your PT and thinking, wow, that does look impressive. But that, that was yeah. 10 years ago. So, so I imagine yeah. back then you'd have found it hard to um, envisage it being on a on a phone in your pocket only a few years later. I know. Well, it seems to be like they're on a 10-year cycle because they did the 10th anniversary version of GTA 3 a few years back for the iPhone. Mm. So it's like, yeah, we, we, we're just... <laughs> You know, so so basically, I'll be able to play Skyrim on my phone in like 2021 or sooner. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, look at how ridiculously fast um, the mobile platforms are, are moving. May not be even it's be crazy. that long. Yeah, that's true. I guess we're on an exponential curve, mm. Bill. So yeah, it might only be a few years away. I mean, I mean, you've got. I mean, nowadays the graphics on on a modern smartphone they they're as good as a Wii U. You know what I mean, and that's a you know a proper console. <laughs> okay, okay. More other uh, mobile game news. We've got a, an Assassin's Creed Pirates game coming out. Uh, actually, today I haven't even checked to see if that's available yet, but I will. I will do that later and not ruin the quality of this podcast by turning on my. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's going to be four ninety nine anyway, so that's no good because I don't get paid till tomorrow. Uh, You're still so, ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Try yeah. Harder. But so this game, this game is like Assassin's Creed without the Assassin's Creed bit. It's like a spin off of their naval combat and uh, free roaming pirating stuff, I believe. 
Have you guys seen any of this? Yeah, uh, so it, it looks very much like the naval stuff that you play in Assassin's Creed 4, but with less pretty waves. Uh, well, it's on a tiny screen. What do you want, for Christ's sake? I want I want it to make me waves. wet. That's what <laughs> I want. Jesus, please never say that in my ears ever again. <laughs> I want water to pour out of the screen on top that, of me. That, thank you for defining that clearly so I don't have nightmares later. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so, are we going to give this a look? Uh, I think I may, I may get uh, it, actually. Uh, I've just been doing it for 20 hours. Uh, I'm good. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, okay. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um yeah, and then we've got um oh yeah, this just happened today. Uh, Broken Sword 5, the first episode is now yeah. available on Good Old Games and Steam. Big fan of this series. Either you guys Have ever you played got... the Broken Sword games? Wasn't one of them on the PlayStation on the original PlayStation? Yes. That's that's uh, the only the one Xbox, I've played. Uh, yeah, that that was the third one I believe. Was that the, f- the first 3D one? No, it was still by 3D, do you mean 3D characters? It was still 2D yeah. and uh, cartoony. Um, yeah, I think the third one was on the Xbox. I remember playing it on that. Right. Um, but yeah, I love these games. They're proper old school traditional adventure games. Really well written, good voice acting, some cool humour in there. Yes, definitely, definitely going to be picking this one up soon. They've kind of gone through changes, haven't they, as they've gone on? Because the first few were like very like Monkey Island point and click. Yeah, the first two were for two two D, and then it switched over to three D, and um, they more of a, like an action game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, kind of yeah. I, I I think it did lose something a little bit with the the later sort of three D versions. Um, the the first two are definitely st- still my favourite. Um, I I think I replayed those on um on iPhone or iPad um, a couple of years ago, and they're really good ports as well. Um, but yeah, really, really yeah. looking forward to this one. I did give that a go, but I think I was sort of in my phase of, oh, it's a new iPhone game, I must download it, and I just my attention span just wasn't there. <laughs> but no, I think I've, I could download the first one, actually, and give it another go. But yeah, it seems like maybe uh, they were kind of waylaid with the action thing, kind of under maybe publisher pressure, forced them that way. Because um, point-and-click adventures were starting to become unfashionable, but now it seems like they've gone back to their roots with it. Is that? Yeah, well, right? this was uh, Kickstarter, I think, wasn't it? So it's um, they've, oh, they've yeah, they're basically appeasing the, uh, the the old crowd, the original fans. So yeah, which is wicked. It's funny. I never played any of these, but I I played Revolution Software's earlier games, like um, beneath oh, what were they called beneath a steel beneath sky. A steel sky. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, Lure of the Temptress. Ah, oh, Lure of the Temptress. Yeah, that was a great game. <laughs> that was really going back. <laughs> I just remember them being like, uh, you know, fairly similar to um, Monkey Island in terms of gameplay, but they had like proper death in them. Yeah, you know? like yeah. you could you could always fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, wicked games. So yeah, really, really looking forward to that one. Cool. Another game that looks interesting uh, that was brought to my attention by a friend of the show, Adam, is uh, The Mandate. Have you guys looked into this? Yeah, I've had a quick look at it. I, I, I've read a few bits on it and I still don't really get what kind of game it is, if that makes sense. Well, it's a, it's like a an isometric RPG from what I can tell. Right. But um, all the missions are sort of generated by interacting with your crew uh, rather than, you know, it being delivered ad nauseum. Um, it's got space battles in it, 
Um, they they actually surpassed their Kickstarter goal uh, and managed to get to a stretch goal, which involves like proper boarding missions, like boarding uh, ship to ship sort of stuff. Yeah, and away missions as well. So they're going to be obviously having to build some more art for that. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just seems like a really interesting game. Um, they, they cited uh, Battlestar Galactica as an influence, which is quite right. exciting. I know BSG has a browser-based MMO running, but I don't know if yeah, anybody's touched that. That's, that's more of a space combat game, I think, isn't there, it? There is some wandering around the Battlestar and stuff, but I, I think the, the core mechanic is zipping around blasting silent raiders in space. That's fair enough. I hope this is more than yeah. that. I think this is going to be like more of your Baldur's Gate in space kind of thing from the sound of it, but with a more interesting and dynamic game structure. We're good. So, yeah. Now, I'll be keeping an eye on that. It's um, it's coming to Steam uh, March 2015, 2015, so it's still a way off. There's going to be a lot of space games between now and 2015. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a... a, a a ton of new PC space games. I... They they re- they just released that new X game. Mm. Did you yeah. uh, did you have a look at that? No, it, it bombed pretty badly. Didn't yeah, it? there was um, a load of gameplay videos on the YouTube's, as there always is. And fuck me, that it was it was not ready at all. To their credit, they they have apparently fixed a load of it very quickly, and that's really good. Um, but I do wonder if they've if they rushed that out because they know what's coming next year. Um, yeah, quite possibly. I certainly not want to be releasing that kind of game after Elite and Star Citizen have no. arrived because you'd probably <laughs> be met with a load of space tumbleweed. There's obviously going to be some casualties in that whole situation, I think. There's there's going to be titles that will be buried with that amount of them coming out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I hope <laughs> I hope the developers know that they don't really have a chance against those Goliaths and they should wait. So yeah, capitalise on all the publicity those games are getting by pushing out your uh, unfinished turd of a game. Well, first. I think unfinished turd is quite strong, given that none of us have played it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, the I uh, that, meta. Yeah, I, I believe there were some issues on launch. They were fixed very quickly, and calmness has returned to the void once again. I think with those kind of games, that you it kind of demands a certain amount of patience and. Just a certain kind of temperament, I think, to really get on with those games. I can't imagine any of it is very spoon-fed. It's very much a PC game, you know, that you have to kind of invest in. You know you're a PC gamer as well now. You can't (laughs) sit there basically slagging us off for our elitism. I've been there and back. (laughs) I've been there and back. Yeah, yeah, true. (laughs) But I know know what I'm... It seems pretty hardcore for me. I think I need something more like Elite where I only have to worry about my ship and not a fleet just, just, and stuff like that. Just press buttons and watch the particle effects, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, talking about space or, well, Star Wars, um, EA are apparently working on a new open world Star Wars game. Rumour has it. <sighs> uh, this is very much a rumour, but doesn't sound too outlandish. Well, I wish them the very best of luck. It was on Twitter, um, EA Canada, someone said, uh, currently seeking an animation director to work on a major new next-gen open-world game. 
Oh, so someone's gone, oh yeah, they've got a 10-year deal with Star Wars, so it must be that. <laughs> this is like that job posting that appeared for the guy, uh, like a 3D artist from Rockstar, for a 3D artist looking for our next major product or a, mm. a next franchise release. And everybody went, oh, it's Red Dead, it's a sequel to Red Dead. But actually it was a sequel to Bully. So <clears throat> the Twitter and the internets are quite good at making a massive leap between <laughs> one job posting and wishful thinking. And it's it's quite funny. I mean, it would be great if they're working on, on an open world game. The next Battlefront looks, well, could be amazing. Um, I'm sure the start, new Star Wars games will be great. And an open world well, GTA Star Wars would be excellent. I wonder what that would be. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Yes. Could be. Could be terrible. I I, yeah. I, I, I pinned way too much hope and excitement on um on the old Republic. Um many people did, so mate. I, many yeah, people did. So I, I, I I'm I, yeah, I'm I'm reluctant to get too excited about any any new Star Wars. Okay. There's been a few new trailers for uh, the old Republic flying around. I saw it literally flying around. Um they've been really trying to hype up their, their space, space combat, combat stuff, yeah. apparently. Apparently they're really uh, expanding that part of it. Well, it's it's, a, it's twelve v twelve or sixteen versus sixteen, so it's not really it's not it's not really MMO. It's a bit. Yeah, yeah. It seemed very much like a compartmentalized, yes. op- optional distraction when I played it. Mm. But I don't know, something else to sink your creds into, I suppose, that you buy with your real money. <laughs> there we go. More cynicism. <laughs> Okay. Um, on the subject of MMOs, though, uh, there's uh, a movie coming out based on World of Warcraft, and there's been some announcements on the casting of it. Not No big names here. Um, ben Foster was in Six Feet Under. Travis Fimmel, the guy from Vikings. Um, Dominic Cooper, who was in Captain America, and a few other good movies. Um, he's in it as well. But yeah, no mention of uh, Colin Farrell, who was rumoured to be involved <laughs> earlier. Do you think they're going to have a big name attached to this? Or do you think most of the budget's going to be going on CG, so they have to get... I don't want to say the lesser actors. What these people have done was all good, apart from Pacific Rim. Um, well, EastEnders <laughs> as well. Con- controversial. <laughs> Not really, it was rubbish. <laughs> no, it wasn't, it was it awesome. It was awesome for a robot lizard movie, or fighting it was, movie. It was disposable fun. Yeah, exactly. It was like Independence Day. And a, yeah. And a great bit of world building, I thought. <sighs> but there you go. Okay. <laughs> but that's for the movie podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as this story might well be as well. But um, no, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think you're on the right track there. Um, no um, AAA movie stars here. It's it's all going to be CG. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Duncan Jones can do with a, a production like this. Because, I mean, he's he's done some good work already, but... Nothing that's kind of so franchisey or CG reliant. Well, Moon was quite CG. There was a load of CG in source code as well. Yeah, I suppose, but not like big monsters and yeah. epic battles. We'll see. Yeah, and, and another movie that's bound to be awesome because it's based on a game uh, <laughs> is The Last of Us. <laughs> the Cynic cast. There we go. That's what we can call it. <laughs> the jaded Cynic cast. Yeah, apparently uh, The Last of Us might be getting made into a movie, which is kind of odd because The Last of Us is kind of based on a Hold movie. Hold on. Anyway. Hold on, internet. Sony have just registered the domain. That's all. They've just yeah. registered thelastofus-movie.com. 
Yeah. Maybe they don't want a squatter to get it instead. Maybe it'll be five years and it will have Last of Us 3 before they even consider it. It's, yeah, quite possibly. It's kind of like, so this is about as likely to happen as that Uncharted movie. Yeah, although Nathan Fillion would still be the best choice if that ever happens. Oh, absolutely. I think there's internet petitions for that. Also, they could reboot Raiders of the Lost Ark and make him Indiana Jones. That would work as well. That is true. That's the thing. The thing I often find so funny about video game movies is that movies uh, is that video games are so often based on movies anyway. Um, it's kind of like a, it's a full circle thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a you know a dog chasing its tail. Yeah, like the Tomb Raider films. I mean, Tomb Raider was heavily influenced by Indiana Jones, so yeah. to then make a Tomb Raider film is is quite weird. But, but they very often when they frequently when they translate from one medium to another the other version is shite um yes. especially games to films as we all know don't need to be a cynic about that it's it's true that anyway yeah let's uh let's wrap this up so i can carry on watching agents of shield <laughs> <laughs> I could be watching the choir instead of doing this what the This has been the Game Dumpcast, part of the Barker Podcast Collection and the official podcast of the Game Dump Facebook group. Production by John Marsden. You can get me on Twitter at Bobby Rocker, B-O-B-I-R-O-K-A. Uh, I'm on as at Fat Man Dumping. And I'm on as at Patrick J-K-A-Y. Feel free to join the conversation by typing Game Dump in the Facebook search box and clicking the Join Group button. We're a closed group, but we're interested in growing the community, so we'll approve anyone who wants to join. If you're a spam bot, though, it won't be for long. Contact us on email at gamedumpcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at gamedumpcast. You can find the show notes for this show on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash gamedumpcast. And why not give us a like while you're there? You can also give us a five-star rating if you're listening to us on iTunes. Anyway, that's all for now. Until next time, see ya. Bye. Bye bye. It's a bit like Farrah Fawcett then, isn't it? She died, well, she died on the same day Michael Jackson did. Nobody really talks about Farrah, Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, I didn't. Didn't even know. You don't even know who she is. You're so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Patrick, did you know who that was? Uh, no. When, <laughs> when, when your dads were watching Charlie's Angels, she was one of them. Oh, okay. Oh. Right, fair enough. Fuckers. <laughs> okay, um The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.